You're listening to the Planet 76 Podcast, a podcast about 76ers basketball, and we're clear to take off. Let's go. All right, everybody, welcome to Planet 76, a podcast about the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Troy, and I've got Michael with me. Michael, what's up, bro? Hey, what's up? You're going to see me. A little, t- a little bit of technical difficulties. You're going to see me um, fixing my camera a bit. There you go. But just let's just roll with that because... Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do. It doesn't matter. So... There we go. We're good now. <laughs> technical difficulties, we go. but we're back. We're going to leave that in there. We're going to leave that in there. So, hey, we're a brand new pod covering all things Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Whatever platform you get podcasts, wherever you're listening to right now, uh, hit the subscribe button for us. We would love for you to uh, automatically have our episodes downloaded for you uh, so you can tune in to more of our Sixers content. Hey, maybe you're watching on YouTube and you just saw Michael flipping around his camera. Uh, If you haven't, maybe you should go check that out. I don't know. Um, But uh, the Philadelphia 76ers are tied with the Hawks, one apiece. As we get ready to do battle down in Atlanta for Game Three, uh, Friday the 11th. So, Michael, down in the uh, give us a uh, summary, a brief, brief. We'll get into the details. Brief summary about uh, where we're at. Yes. I still can't get this angle right, but it's okay. <laughs> we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll run with it. Um, well, we're talking Game One, right? Yep. Game One, Game Two, and uh, Game Three is tomorrow. Game one, game two. Well, for starters, I will say that game one was... I mean, I guess if I had to pick one word, I would say probably disappointing. Um, I I definitely didn't expect that sort of game from the Sixers. I definitely expected more of a fight, especially because Embiid ended up with 39 points. Um, But you know what? The Hawks were just lights out offensively. They couldn't miss from three. This is not... They did not actually shoot this number from three, but they seemed like they did. It seemed like they shot 70% from three. They did. They couldn't miss. They made all their threes. Everyone was just hitting every shot. And Sixers couldn't compete for most of the game. And it was, I'm pretty sure the Hawks were up by 20 most of the game. Yeah. Now, the Sixers only did end up losing by four, which is, you know, it shows a little bit of the Sixers, but more so the Hawks just choking because, again, the Sixers played horribly. Mm-hmm. But... Thankfully, in Game 2, we had a little bit of a bounce-back game. Um, actually, a lot of bit of a bounce-back game. <laughs> Ended up winning by 16. Um, but, yeah, that was a great game as well. Let me uh, check the notes here. Yeah, Game um, 2 was certainly more fun to watch. Yeah, you said we're going to get into more of Game 1 and Game 2, right? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll start with Game 1. Let's start there. We'll get the bad out of the way and then jump into the good. Cool. So, Game 1, I think you hit the nail on the head. It was disappointing. Cool, cool. It was frustrating. It was aggravating. It was... Pretty much every word that goes along with those. <laughs> it was not fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and I want you bad. to correct really me. Bad, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong or correct me if you disagree or give your input if you disagree, whatever you want to say. Um, you know, you see things cool. about the Sixers cool. having this second half quote-unquote comeback. Uh, to me, that was not a second half comeback. You kind of alluded to it. It was a Hawk, the Atlanta Hawks choking a little yeah. bit. But... Um, I, yeah, I was just gonna say I kind of referred to that a little bit yeah. a couple minutes ago. It was more so the six. It was more so the Hawks yeah. kind of choking, and if, rather than the Sixers doing anything positive. Yeah, to end up losing by four. Um, you know, I think that 
if if you're gonna give the Sixers any credit, okay, but that credit belongs to to me to like the last four five minutes of the game, meaning the Hawks dominated us and they did for forty three to forty four minutes of that entire game, and we kind of turned it on or whatever at the end. Hawks had turnovers and issues and things, but uh, to lose that by four. I don't know. It, it didn't seem like that. And every time, like, before that run we went on, every time we seemed to, you know, get a couple buckets in a row, someone would make a three. We yeah. would cut it to 14, and, and boom, two no threes in a row is back to 20. Yeah. Uh, that was probably the most frustrating yeah. part because every time we looked like, okay, okay, well, we're going to make a run out of this thing. We're going to, you know, it's going to be an eight-point yeah. game in the fourth. It, it wasn't. You know, we were down uh, 16 or 17 going into the fourth quarter um, yeah. of that one. Uh, so what what went wrong ultimately? I don't, why don't we just camp out on that? What went wrong in game one? Besides, well, I them mean, hitting for me, every shot. Yeah, for me, I mean, the Sixers' defense was for the most part non-existent because the Hawks ended up with 128. And again, you can probably attribute that mostly to the Hawks just playing lights out offensively. But the Sixers' defense was pretty much non-existent. I mean, Embiid was really the only one that scored. I know Simmons had, like, 18 or something. And everyone... And I think Tobias had a nice game. But, um, I mean, for the most part, we just... Missing shots, turning the ball over, foul trouble. A lot of... Just a lot of negative uh, from the Sixers and just not enough. I mean, really just not enough. Just too much sloppy play, really, is, is what it boils down to. Turning the ball over and just playing slop, yeah. sloppy, honestly. Yeah, uh, so many turnovers early on. Um, you know, I think yeah. Danny Green, yeah. oh, my goodness. He he must know exactly. Oh, Danny Green in that game and in game two. <laughs> He's just, uh, He's don't get me started. He must know exactly what the back of Trey Young's head looks like, if we're being honest, because he was staring yeah. at that the entire game. Yeah. It was Literally every possession that he was yeah. guarding Trey Young, Trey Young got by him with ease, and Danny Green was cooked. just chasing him from behind. Like it was, it was so frustrating. <laughs> and then you hear Doc Rivers post game, you know, saying, "Well, it was a team Crazy. defense kind of thing." And, and to Danny's credit or Doc's credit, second half was a little better in Game One, team defense on Trey Young. But yeah. it was like, dude, something's got to change. And luckily for us, something did. Um, something did change in game two but uh you know i think the all bench unit what was your thought on that segment that they had (laughs) i just i don't know now game two was a little better in that area i know we're gonna get into game two but game one i mean why are we running all bench lineups in the playoffs man why are we doing that doc doc if you're listening man what are you doing (laughs) You're not listening to this podcast. I know you aren't, <laughs> but if you are, what are you doing? We can't be running all bench lineups in the playoffs. I know that they were down for for literally the entire game, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But uh, non all bench lineups, it's not the thing to do in the playoffs. That, that's what the regular season is for. You did that great, Doc. You, no more, dude. No more of that. <laughs> We don't need we don't need it anymore. Yeah, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about when we're referring to this all bench unit, uh, the unit uh, went a negative fourteen as a collective in their possessions that they were in the ball game. Eight possessions total. It's horrible. Five 
turnovers in eight possessions and zero points when they were out there as a collective unit. It's horrible, man. They're turning the ball over almost every time they have it. That's horrible. It was bad. <laughs> it was very bad. Um, and to even point out how bad it was, I thought it was very, very interesting to see that the entire Sixers starting unit finished with a positive plus minus. I'm like the plus minus guy. I'm always looking at that. But for a losing team in the playoffs, mm. for your entire starting five to finish as a positive plus minus is like yeah. really shocking. And that just shows how, how bad it's, the bench was. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to say the least. Yeah. And the Atlanta Hawks starting lineup didn't have anybody in the positive in game one. The, their highest yeah. plus minus they was zero. <laughs> Crazy. And they won the game. <laughs> you know, that it just shows how bad the bench was. Crazy how that works. <laughs> Crazy. Um, I mean, obviously part of that's due to those last four minutes with the starters out there uh, making things happen, but um, it yeah. was pretty crazy. And I think yeah. uh, offense wasn't the problem. We shot a better percentage from the field than the Hawks did. Um, defending Trey Young was the problem. Def- defense overall was the problem. Defending mm-hmm. shooters, they had 20, count them, 20 three-point shots made. Um there was a lot that went wrong in game one. Sixers lost by four. It did not feel good. Um, no. I don't know where else we want to go with game one, if you have anything else on game one. Um, but just, just some of those numbers mm. are pretty wild. I mean, honestly, yeah, honestly, I just want to forget about game one. <laughs> that was horrible. Right? And that was not I, – I, I made a post about it. That is not the Sixers. That was not – who the Sixers are like we've seen this team at full strength offensively and defensively mm-hmm. for the regular season that that was not an accurate representation of who the Sixers yeah. are and as about as I'm sure we're about to get into they showed us who they really are in game two yeah. and that's what I think we're going to see the rest of the series yep. they know what they have to do now obviously the Hawks will make adjustments but let's be honest Sixers are a better team I said it last series too with the Wizards the Sixers are the better team don't get it twisted yeah don't let, don't let one game sway you in the other direction if you were picking the Sixers. Stay there mm-hmm. because the Sixers are the better team. And I, I, I'm sorry to anyone else who disagrees with me or who thinks otherwise. You're wrong. <laughs> Politely, you're They're the number wrong. one team for, the re- for a reason. Exactly. They're the number one team for a reason. Respectfully. Exactly. Like, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, the the one player that did not choke for the Hawks, and Lord knows we might have won that game if he didn't, was Bogdanovich. Um, we cut it to, what, three with a minute to play. <laughs> that, dude's, that dude's good. That dude, late shot clock, a minute to play, buried a three, shushed the crowd. He's good. That's three he hit? Yeah. It, it kind of ended Jeez. it for us. And then, well, we had a couple more loose ball pickups. Ben got a dunk to cut it to two? crazy yeah. and then he bo- bogey hit two more free yes, throws. yes i do remember that um i mean he he was the guy mm-hmm. that actually finished and then, us and then they got a clear path foul on john collins yep the clear path foul uh which at that point i thought it was over but i think it was after yeah. that where um you know we got a couple steals got a five second violation called yes. on them they did everything they could to blow that game and uh luckily for them <laughs> they had bogey on their team to uh yeah. save the day but sixers drop game one Moving on, game two. Game two. Clean slate. Clean slate. We're done. Okay, <laughs> what did we like in game yep. two? What happened in game yep. two? 
Well, I really liked the trio of Curry, Harris, and Bede. I mean, they, 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 just to put it simply, they carried the offense. Mm -hmm. They carried the scoring load all night. 83 of their 118, or one set, or well, it was, it was 118. Mm -hmm. Of the Sixers total points, those three had, and Bede had 40. Tobias had 22. Seth Curry had 22, I think, as well. I mean, it was great. Honestly, it was great to see. Um, really great. I would say third quarter, but it was mostly the fourth quarter because that's when Shake started to go off, and I know we'll get into Shake <laughs> a little bit in the podcast, in this episode. Um, and then also here we have Gallinari and Herder. Yeah, they went off. They had 16 apiece, I think. They had, uh, well, they had 15 apiece at half. I think honestly, they finished the with 21. that's the story for Atlanta. Their bench, yes, yes. Atlanta's bench is really what gets the job done for them. Trailing's going to do his thing, but... When you have guys like Herder, Gallinari off the bench like that, and they're missing DeAndre Hunter, yeah. and they're missing Cam Reddish, <laughs> I mean, these guys have a lot of, of scorers off the bench and, and threats to, to to score. Yeah. So that really is what uh, gets the job done for Atlanta. And then, yeah, like I was, I'm going to go back to Embiid, Harris, Curry. I mean, they Tobias Harris had an amazing first quarter. He I think he had like 12 in the first quarter, which was crazy. Yeah. And then Curry was hitting some nice shots. Curry, Seth Curry was hitting some fantastic shots. Tobias had Embiid 16, and 16 in eight minutes. At this point, you know, in what the Embiid first is. quarter, I don't even have to say it. Yeah. Oh, he had 16, 16 wow, on eight of eight of nine thought. shooting in the first. Crazy. Nuts. Yeah, he was going off. Yeah, he was going off. Um, and then you yeah, know another I mean, thing. Other than that, is, you know, Ben Simmons came out the gate guarding Trey Young. That was a relief. Yeah. I don't. I don't yes, know what I would have done if I saw so. Danny Green follow <laughs> Trey Young around one more time. Torch. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know it, that we we came out the gate early, real hot. It felt real good. Thirty three to twenty after the first quarter. Uh, Hawks run. You know they got back into it. That's for sure. It would have been nice if we would have uh, you know kept them at arm's length the whole the whole game, but uh, they got right back into it. And um, the difference, as you alluded to, was the bench. 15 apiece from Gallinari and Kevin Herter in the first half alone. Uh, our bench had, guess what, zero again um, to that point. And then something interesting happened in the third quarter. Can Michael, I'm going to let guns. you. I'm going to let you talk about this one because I know he's your guy. What happened interesting in the third quarter? End of the third. <laughs> I mean, Shake Milton. Shake Milton came through in the most shake known way possible because this man has been has been MIA for weeks now, <laughs> which I love shake everybody knows that but where have you been shake I I, I guess I can't really complain because he came up insanely clutch in this game he dropped 14 in the fourth quarter I think he's I think he hit H I think he scored eight straight points with two threes yep and he had that really nice buzzer beater at the end of the third quarter. That was so awesome. Yep. Um, and, and But, Shea, yeah, Shake Milton, I would argue Shake Milton literally won us this game. I mean, yeah, without him, we, we're losing. Yeah. Honestly. Like, he had 14. We only won by 18. If he if he didn't if he didn't go on a tear like that, that spark plug off the bench, which, by the way, is exactly what we got him and have him for. Yeah. If we didn't have that, who knows? This We could be talking about a totally different outcome and this series could be going to Atlanta with a with an 0-2 deficit for the Sixers and who knows 
Maybe we w- maybe I wouldn't be saying the Sixers are a better team than the Hawks. <laughs> no, they still are. Yeah, shake and bake, baby. He he just made he was the difference. Yes, sir. Um you know, end yeah. of the third, early fourth. Um it was a tight game. It was a tight game. Our bench had done nothing and then Doc Rivers calls this guy off the bench who had done nothing for weeks. Uh, gutsy call from Doc. Gotta love it. You gotta feel happy for Shake. I mean, that was so fun to watch. 14-0 run. While he was in the game for that first segment, we went on a 23-4 to tear, and it was over. Shake Milton. I wonder I wonder what made Doc do that. What made him put Shake in at that time, and and why? You know, yeah. that, but I mean, I'm glad he did it. It's just that he hasn't. I, I don't think he's really been giving Shake consistent minutes, especially with Maxi and Hill. I, I, it makes you think. I mean, was Doc like, okay, Shake, let's go? I mean, I don't really know, even know how that how that happens. I'm glad it did. Yeah. I'm just not sure how it happened. Yeah, Maxi struggled a little bit. I guess that might have played into it. Maxi only played five minutes, believe it or not, in Game Two. Uh, George Hill, 19 <laughs> minutes. Um, you know, Shake only had 14, and he was a plus 15 in those 14 minutes. Uh, he just came and got the mm-hmm. job done. Um, you know, the bench maybe having yeah. zero points to that point had something to do with it. He said, "All right, you know what? What does Shake have to lose? What you know? What's he gonna do? Lose minutes? He already lost them. You know, just go out there, do your thing." And and that looked to me like the Shake that like we've come to know and love, or whatever you want to say. Like we've come to expect that kind right. of takeover right. from him. That kind of um, you, you could just tell by the way he was dribbling the ball that he was like dialed in, like he was just ready to go out there and make something happen. He had very couple big assists to yeah. Dwight Howard early yeah. in the fourth. Um, he was just confident, and and this is probably a guy who, coming in, you and I or Sixers fans around whoever, probably thought this guy didn't have any confidence right now, and he sure did. Uh, props to Shake Milton, man. He won us that game. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. He won us that yeah, game. definitely. You know, I'm just, this definitely. is completely off the wall, but I'm just going to say it. Um, Let's hear it. Tony Brothers, referee. Oh, boy. <laughs> he sucks. That whole officiating <laughs> crew sucks. He's terrible. Tony Brothers, there was... Some of those calls they made, did you see... <laughs> There were three or four straight calls, literally back-to-back-to-back possessions that Tony Brothers missed. One, like two against us, one against the Hawks. And I'm just like, what is this guy doing? Three or four times in a row. And I'm like, what? I just, I had, I like wrote that down as soon as I saw it. I was like, I got to bring that up because Tony Brothers had a terrible game or at least a terrible stretch right there. Did you see, I don't know if you saw, but did you, there was one, I forget when exactly it was, I'm guessing it was probably the third quarter, Trey Young traveled. It was absolutely obvious and in your face, it was, it was a clear travel, nothing, (laughs) no, not a single whistle, not a single anything. He walked with the ball, nothing. You have don't they have three referees down there? It was bad. How does not how does not a single person of those three see that? 
We see, we see it on TV. I saw it. I was watching it on TV. I could see it. <laughs> How have they not seen that? I don't understand. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. And I, that Tony Brothers, Scott Foster, just horrible. I don't know how they are able to officiate for years and years and years with no repercussions for missing calls and blatantly giving teams wins mm-hmm. and and selling games for other teams. <laughs> how did they just do that? I don't know. I don't know. It was bad. There that I do remember that. I think the, the sequence I'm talking about was yeah. in the second quarter, I want to say. Um, one of the plays involved in beat, I forget what it was, but I'm just like, what? Um, was it the uh, technicals? It on might have been that or, or the play that had led to that. Uh, yeah. Where Gallinari pushed Embiid? Yeah. Yeah, I forget what it was. And then he fell too to sell it even more? Yeah. But there were a few. It might have yeah. been like an... Yeah. I forget, but it was bad, and yeah. I'm just like, what? Yeah. Um, but horrible. thought I'd throw that in there. Um, otherwise, game two yeah. was pretty good to watch. Um, again, if we had to nitpick a little bit, it might have just been the fact that we let the Hawks back in it after such a uh, great start. Um, the end of the second quarter was awful. The fact that we were only up two points at, oh at halftime, yeah, I felt bad. terrible about. Gallinari and... Uh I guess it was hurt or hit three straight threes yeah. or something crazy like that to get the Hawks back in it. Yep, and then Bogey came and in the third hot. He hit a couple. Yo, yeah. Um, yeah. But, man. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So, uh, but, hey, at the end of the day, the Sixers and the Hawks are tied at one apiece heading, in, I'll take the win. heading into game three um, tomorrow night, Friday, on ESPN at 7.30. So, uh, let's just dive into some keys there. Like, what, um, what's key for the 76ers? I'm going to start with one. I think what's going to be very huge to watch, I think everybody knows what's coming, is how we're going to defend Trey Young. Um, yeah. Game two was obviously much better. The second half of game one was better. However, in a series, every team yeah. makes adjustments. We made ours in game two. We got the win. What are the Hawks going to do to free up Trey? You know he's going to... Um, you know, he went 6-for-16. Uh, I think he was 0-for from 3. He might have made 1. But what are they going to do? What's their counter going to be? Are they just going to try and sell fouls and get two quick ones on Ben Simmons so he's back on Danny Green? Like, what's it going to be? Uh, what's their adjustment going to be? And how would the Sixers uh, react to that? That's what I'm going to be looking for in Game 3. For sure. For sure. Um, for me, I mean, major key, I'm just going to leapfrog off what you're saying. Um, is that the saying leapfrog or is it piggyback? It doesn't Both. matter. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, defending Trey Young. I mean, obviously, I think the Hawks are, are realizing now that Simmons is going to guard Young. And that's pretty much obvious, especially now because it works. And we know that it works, but we didn't see it in game one that much because Simmons was in foul trouble. So I think the Hawks are just going to take the same route they did game one. They're going to try and get Simmons in foul trouble because they know that Simmons guards Young very well. Um, and I think I think um, I think obviously just guarding Trey Young is what's going to is going to be able to get them this win because I mean the bench for the Hawks did what they did and the Sixers still won by eighteen. So if you can limit Trey Young's scoring and his getting to the rim and free throws, mm-hmm. I mean obviously he's a great uh, perimeter scorer. But limiting his opportunities 
on the inside and from the free throw line is what's gonna is what's gonna help you out a lot. So I would say limiting Trey Young and defending Trey Young is just is probably the major key. Sure. Um, because again, you don't know on their bench, you don't know what guys are gonna go off one night. It could be Herder, Gallinari, it could be Lou Williams. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. But no, that's that's. The I think thing. I think Trey Young is key. That's the thing. The bench. Um, another aspect of this team that we clearly have to worry about because of what they've been able mm-hmm. to produce so far. Um, you know, we've mentioned their name a ton, but give them credit. They deserve it to be mentioned because of what they've been doing. Um, which, again, mm-hmm. what we talked about in our preview episode of the round was like, okay, this Atlanta team has all these shooters, has all these playmakers, has all these people that can fill it up. And in a lot of offensive ranks and shooting ranks, they're like middle of the pack. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> and we're kind of seeing the fact that it doesn't make yeah. sense because they yeah. made 23s <laughs> in game one. Uh, you know, a couple guys off the bench really shooting the lights yeah. out. Um, that could be a problem as well. I think we got to – it's tough, though, because – you know how you defend Trey Young, and if you're gonna sell out to to limit him, you're gonna leave some guys open. That's just just the reality of it. Um, yeah. And, and and to the Sixers' credit, their strategy in Game Two worked, and it was more so leaning toward mm-hmm. that and giving other guys looks. And credit to them, they knocked him down, but not enough. <laughs> and uh, Sixers were able to come out with a W in Game Two. Um, what about your man, Shake Milton? What do we need from him? I mean, is he back? You think you think he's getting his minutes back? How's that going to work out rotation-wise? Because Maxie's played well too. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it could be a sort of alternating thing where if Maxie's hot one night, he can get the minutes. If Shake is hot one night, he'll get the minutes. Because let's be honest, both are very capable of providing that spark. However, and I mean they are different players because Maxi does it in his own way, Shake does it in his own way. We've seen it, we've seen both of them do it. I just think now Shake can build on this mm-hmm. and become a actual consistent option for this team off the bench cuz last year in the playoffs he actually played really well, but he was a starter. Mm-hmm. And you know, as much as we would have needed some help in the starting lineup, Either way, we, the starting line was horrible last season, last postseason outside of Embiid. So having Shake off the bench now is a luxury, and we need he needs to take advantage of that and build on this performance and give us more of that, more and more as the playoffs go on because we need it. Every team needs that. Yeah, I think we need Shake to come out again with that confidence that he had. I mean, this was the Shake that again. He yes. puts the ball on the floor. He puts the ball up. You think it's going in. Like, he just played with that kind of swagger out there, which we hadn't yeah. seen in a couple of weeks. And so it was really good to see. He's got to keep yeah. that up. We need it. Clearly, our bench had zero points before he checked in, and uh, he was able to really, really turn the tide in game two. So we do need that. I think the Sixers, um, I mean, I've been watching a lot of the playoffs this year. Um, you know, I've definitely seen every team so far, yeah. definitely seen all eight teams that remain. And we are for sure sure playing more guys than any other team, it seems like. And I don't know if I love that or hate that. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the Bucks and the Nets, I don't know what they finished at. They played tonight. Bucks actually got a W in that one, 2-1. They trail now, but, like, they each played, like, eight guys. We're playing eight guys, ten guys Mm -hmm. in the first quarter. Um, And now, again, getting back to shake getting minutes – 
you know, you've got to expect that we're going to see Shake and Ty, uh, Tyrese Maxey in game three. We're going to see George Hill. We're going to see Ferk, I think. Um, he could end up being an odd man out. I don't know. We're, we're going to see Dwight. We're going to see um, Matisse, of course. Um, but, man, we're playing a lot of guys. I think... Yeah. I think um, I'm hoping, at least, that that will sort of cut down as the playoffs progress because, I mean, it's, it's nice having that many available players to use, but also... You, if if some guys aren't playing great, you want to give those minutes to someone else. Mm-hmm. And when you have teams, like you mentioned, the Bucks, even the Suns, the Suns play eight guys. Off their bench, they play Cam Johnson. Um, I think they play... Campaign. Uh, campaign. And they play Dario, Dario, I think. Yep. Those are their three guys off the bench, and then they play their starting five, and that's it. Yeah. Um, Not us. And then the Bucks, even, they play... If P.J. Tucker isn't starting, P.J. Tucker, uh, they would have Dante DiVincenzo, but he's out for the season. And then Bobby Portis. Like, I don't even know who else they have on the bench. Bryn Forbes. Yep. Bobby Portis. That's their that's their benching. Yeah. Literally, that's it. And then they'll play. I think they have one more guy they'll play occasionally if if it's a close. If it's a is Connaughton healthy? Or, but, but, I think Connaughton. Oh, yeah. Con- oh, maybe you know what? Maybe they do play ten guys because they do play Connaughton. He was getting a minute tonight and and uh, in prior games. But either way, the point stands, you know, teams yeah, don't we can't use relate. their whole bench. <laughs> and the Sixers do, which could be an issue, could be not an issue. We'll see. I guess that as the playoffs progress, I hope that it sort of trims mm-hmm. down a little bit. But we'll see. We will. We will. And I guess it's a good problem. Um, yes. It's a bad problem when your bench goes negative mm-hmm. 14 in eight possessions. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, we don't want to go back there. But uh, let's yeah. talk about our two cornerstone pieces uh, to cap this one off. So Ben Simmons, um, I, for one, thought that Ben played great in game one, minus the turnovers. Uh, he was perfect yeah. from the field. Um, he That chase down block he had on John Collins. Points, 10 rebounds. You remember that in game one? That was nice. Oh, my goodness. I yes, exploded. <laughs> had he blocked? Yes. Or, or I guess it was yeah. the alley-oop. He, he turned the <laughs> ball over. And he hustled down the floor, made an incredible. Yeah, you don't see guys blocking yeah. alley oop yeah. um, <laughs> off the glass, and uh, that was phenomenal. He came out the gate in the second half, ready, um, played some intensity on Trey, picked up Facts. a couple fouls. But um, I thought Ben played yeah. well in game one. I thought Joel played well in game one and two, of course. Um, but Agreed. let's just talk about Ben for a little bit. What do we like? What do we need to see more from him? That kind mm. of thing. Well, at least in game two, I definitely would like to see him score more than nine points. I mean, it's, it's pretty it's pretty uh, self-explanatory. I mean, I would like to see him at least get a season average, which, which I think a little under 15. 15 a game in the playoffs, that's fine. Yeah. With some with some great defense, you know, passing, playmaking, stuff like that. And just, he, I think he uh, has, has had one of the highest plus minuses for this team and for each series because I think he's been one of the highest plus minus players on the court for most of the playoffs so far so i just want to see that from him just impactful just you know contributing to winning whether it be through passing defense scoring 17 points in game one like you mentioned when need be i mean i really don't have any problems with simmons so far in this playoffs 
and he's been he's been somewhat aggressive uh, definitely a little bit more so in the wizard series yeah. but again i think he's just gonna be continuing to be impactful throughout the playoffs and that's fine by me yeah uh he had he only had four points on three shots in game two mm-hmm. like i said yeah you definitely want to see him shoot well shoot more. you do you do and yeah Three shots, I mean, you can shoot a little more. Some of that's with Tobias shooting 19 times and Bede shooting 25 and 16 free throws. I mean, that dude was running the show. Um, Seth Curry, 8 for 13, 5 of 6 from 3 in game Mm 2. You know, Ben Ben played really really well. Ben played really well. Um, He's averaging Mm -hmm. three steals a game, averaging a couple blocks, you know, for these two games so far. Uh, His turnovers were down. Um, He had 17, 10 assists, four steals, one block in game one. Uh, very, very active, really very aggressive on both ends. Mm-hmm. It looked good. Um, I would love to see the Ben from game one return because uh, I think we're going to yes. need it on the road. Um, I, th- I just think we're going to need it. Definitely. So and You're going to need all we can get on the road, honestly. Yeah. All right. The big fella on a partially torn, slightly torn, whatever you want to call it, meniscus. Um <sighs> If you recall our last episode a week ago, right our now. last episode a week ago, if you go run that back, we look not silly because we didn't know, but we're like, mm-hmm. well, B's not playing game one. Well, he'll he'll sit until we lose. Well, maybe he's out mm-hmm. until we hit the road. Well, maybe he's out until uh, this series is over. No, against all odds, 30 minutes before tip off of game one, Joel Embiid says, I'm playing. <laughs> and then he goes out and drops 39. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned in, in our first episode, I mean, like you mentioned that we mentioned in our first episode that we weren't sure if FB was going to play. I I also made some posts about it on my account, and I was like, if FB's not going to play, I mean, they should really be cautious with him because we need him for the playoffs. Meanwhile, we had no idea this was happening. Everyone's like, everyone's commenting on myself and like DMing me. They're like, he's going to play, he's going to play. I was like, how do you even know? Like, some dude sent me a a, a, a text message screenshot that somebody like doc somebody someone he knew is like friends with Embiid something <laughs> or like friends with somebody who knows Embiid and they're like yo he's gonna be fine I was like am I supposed to just believe yeah, this right. but hindsight's 2020 and I guess I should have believed it because it was right and he played not only game one but he played game two which is insane because we were expecting him to not play and to be on a torn a partially torn meniscus you don't see that, man. You don't see that. I can't. You don't. I can't believe he played. 39. I can't backs believe Backs up it. with a career high, playoff career high, 40 in game two. Um, and man. he he looked good. Yeah. I didn't necessarily. Um, okay, if, if I were watching those games and I didn't know anything, you know, about him being injured, then I wouldn't have yeah. thought anything was wrong. Um, now, of course, your yeah. eyes are on him. You see him limp once or twice, or you see him You're flailing like, oh. around on the floor for loose balls yeah. that you know, hold your breath. I mean, you do that anyway with Joel Embiid. Yeah. Um, but a partially torn mm. meniscus, the same Facts. injury. Uh, now, again, obviously the severity for DeAndre Hunter is more so, but DeAndre Hunter's out for the playoffs um, with a partially torn meniscus. Uh, they just announced that a couple of days ago. And so um, hats off to Joel. Um, you know, he says, I'm playing through the pain. He says, you know, mm-hmm. I'm here to win a championship. And um, he's out there mm-hmm. doing what he can for this team. So um, he we're relying on him. Yeah. I mean, are, do we need to rely on 40 a game from Embiid the rest of the series? You hope not. But what's your thought on that? 
Yeah, you, you don't want to rely on Embiid that heavily. Obviously, we know he's fully capable of doing it every game, but number one, you don't want to do that because injury, even though we just talked about how great he's playing on his injury, you don't want to take advantage of it too much because you don't want to risk it getting worse. Number two is that your supporting cast is good enough to the point where you shouldn't need 40 night from Embiid. Mm -hmm. 30 night, okay, that's great. 28 a night, you know, maybe a little, maybe a little more. 30 a night's probably good. But you see Seth Curry, he's been balling out in the playoffs. Tobias Harris been balling out in the playoffs. Simmons can give you what he needs. Uh, Green can give you what he needs. And then combined with some nice effort from the bench, you shouldn't need Embiid to get 40 night because it, it, we just we need that well-roundedness to be able to uh, also what I'm looking for to match other teams' offense. Nets, Bucks, yeah, whether it be them, even the Jazz if we end up playing the Jazz somehow, or the Suns. The Suns are a great offensive team. Yeah, you need that well-roundedness. Yeah, you don't want to rely on 40. Um, we had a couple games with the Wizards that we did that. What you're alluding to, we had four guys with 20, 22, yeah. Yeah. somewhere in there. Um, we had Tobias go off. Uh, someone else take the load. Mm. Someone, you know, let Joel go out and shoot yeah. 12 times and yeah. get 20 points yep. and get to the line a bunch. And um, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, something else that exactly. is just nuts, considering the conversation we were having a week ago, is that Joel Embiid led the team in minutes in both of these games. 38 in game one and 35 in game two. Uh, he was certainly not on a minute no. restriction. We thought he was going to go zero minutes, and he played 38. Um, mm. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Um, you hope that he doesn't have to drop 40. We'll see what happens. His plus minus is absolutely through the roof, though, for this series. Um, they were in game two. I remember the TNT crew said it. Game two at halftime, we were up by two. Um, and Joel Embiid was a plus 16 at halftime. Meaning wow. that the five minutes he didn't play in the first half, we lost by 14. The dude, wow! And and I saw a tweet actually. Um, some Sixers page or Sixers account I follow was like, um, "Do we know what year this is? The Sixers bench can't score. Joel Embiid, when he's not on the floor, we suck. <laughs> like, is this back in the Amir Johnson days? What's going on? Oh no! <laughs> oh man! Hilarious, but. Uh, Shout out to the big fella. The big fella also second place officially in the MVP voting. Ben Simmons, second place in defensive player of the year. Mm -hmm. Major shouts there. Um, what's your yeah. take on Ben Simmons? We, we kind of expected Joel Embiid. We kind of expected Ben Simmons as well. But um, yeah, I sure would have loved to see him win it. I know you've, I've seen a couple post of yours on it. So what do you think? I mean... I made a post about it today and yesterday, but I was kind of expecting Gobert to win it, especially after, like, April. I wanted Simmons to win. I wish he won. But I, 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 I pretty much was under the impression Gobert was going to win. I dropped my award predictions, like, early April, I think, and I was like, I, I had I think the players, I think, will win each award. And, and Gobert, I thought he would win deep away, and he did. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not really too mad about it. I, I know Ben Simmons is still an otherworldly defender because I watch Sixers games and I see that. But um, I'm not too mad about it, honestly. Same thing with Embiid. I wish he would have won. Yeah. But I think Jokic was, was the winner, you know, and I picked him to win, and I was right. And both deserve it, I guess. I mean, you can make you can make arguments all, all you yeah. want and all, here and there and all that stuff, which 
I have and I I still I could, but it is what it is. And they both said it. We're trying to compete for a championship. You know, that's it is what it mm-hmm. is. It is what it is. <laughs> you know, you know, Rudy Gobert is kind of turning into what LeBron is to the MVP award, or has been to the MVP award in a way. Um, mm-hmm. Not that Rudy Gobert is LeBron James, but Rudy Gobert with Defensive Player of the Year. This is his third one. Um, and when he doesn't get it, so say if he didn't get it this year, like he's top two, top three, top five. Um, and I can see that for the foreseeable future. Um, and, and with the MVP in particular, like you can say LeBron could have won 10 in his career. Uh, he doesn't have 10 in his career. Um, but I can kind of see maybe something similar happening with Rudy, uh, over the next few years. Uh, hopefully Ben will get one under his belt here next year, year after doc said he thinks, he thinks Ben will get one. And Joel will win the MVP at some point. So high praise from the coach. Um, Definitely. Anything else? We're in the ATL tomorrow. What's your goal? Will yeah, you take I a split? So. I think Do you want to be up three-one coming much. back to the center? Like, what's the? Uh, no, I want three-one. I don't. I don't want to split. I want three-one. We need it. We need it. I. I gotta have it. Let's go. Gotta have, it. gotta have gotta it. Gotta have it. Shut up, the Atlanta Hawks. Three one after this weekend. Well, game two is on two, Monday. And Bead's dropping a fifty yes. ball, and uh, we're gonna come home and close it out in five. Let's just let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Especially into existence. seeing the Nets okay. struggle tonight, getting the loss to the Bucks. That feels good. I thought the Nets were otherworldly, unbeatable, <laughs> um, yes. like everybody else. But the Bucks get one today. Uh, felt good to watch that. Drew Holiday mm-hmm. with a clutch bucket at the end. Um, Giannis still can't make a free throw. Giannis got called for another 10-second violation. It's comical. Um, if you haven't watched the Bucks, you should watch that. <laughs> little bonus. But, uh, hey. I think that's it. I think that's it. Uh, yeah. This is Planet76. Yeah. Subscribe. Drop a comment. Send us an email. Follow us on Instagram. Whatever you got to do. The Sixers are in Atlanta tomorrow night. Follow us on Instagram. Do it Let's now. Ride. Peace. Let's go. You just listened to an episode of the Planet76 podcast. Hey, we appreciate you joining us for this episode. Whatever platform you're on, why don't you hit that subscribe button for us, and we'll see you next time.